Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Well, it's finally time for me to hear how I could do a better job serving you. And it's our Clark Stink segment where you get to hear where I messed up, I get to fess up, and I get to do a better job. I, I love this, you know, because I'm so into Kaisan, the concept of continuous improvement. And so I can't wait till we do it. And then later... We're going to talk about what a great, great, great summer this is going to be for teenagers finding work the best maybe ever in modern American history. But without further ado, it is time for Clark Stinks. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. I don't think you stink, but you did miss something when talking about underage kids earning money and contributing to a Roth IRA. Someone wrote in and said a child does not need to file a tax return in order to make a contribution to a Roth. This is true, but they may need to file a tax return in order to pay self-employment tax if they earned more than $400 and did not have the FICA tax withheld. Thanks, Dale. Dale, thank you. And you know, when I, uh, by the way, that's Krista reading the Clark stinks questions. Cause I didn't say that, did I? So Dale, thank you. I didn't want to get into a back and forth with accountants. We had several people post that I was wrong, that you didn't need to file a tax return. And, um, I believe that it's a great idea to do so to, to make sure that you've documented the income that then reflects on having a Roth IRA, especially when it's a minor child. And that's just my bias. So uh, there's obviously arguments to be made both ways on this. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a tax accountant. So that's why I kind of went quiet. The last Clark stinks when we had so many posts saying that there was no reason to file a kid's tax return. Clark, stop saying that you know how the housing market will move going forward. Over the last few months, you've mentioned many times that the market simply is nothing like the 09 market and that prices will not fall. While I take your point that the market may not be like 2008, you simply do not have the knowledge to predict how the market will move going forward. Did you predict that 0809 crash? Did you predict the inflation that we're currently seeing? In fact, I remember you saying many times that inflation is nothing to worry about and that it'll self-correct by now. My point is that you and anyone else really don't know what's happening at the macro level and should really stop commenting with certainty, Bobby. Bobby, thank you. And um, guilty is charged on the ugly inflation that we're having. I didn't see this. Uh, You know, I expected 
inflation from the um, supply chain disruptions, from the number of factories that are shut down because of COVID spreading in the factories, that we were going to have a temporary problem. And I missed how severe the impact was going to be from all the money that the Congress and the Federal Reserve pumped into the economy in 20 and 21. And it's going to take a lot of effort to get that under control. On the housing thing, I've tried to draw a contrast between the marketplace conditions going in to the banking scandals erupting in 2007 and what they did to the economy and the housing market from 7 to 12 and contrast that with today and maybe I speak with too much certainty about it but it is a strong conviction that today's housing market conditions are very very different than what what we faced in 07 where we had a surplus of housing units in the millions then and now we have a shortage of housing units in the millions today so yeah maybe i should not speak with so much certainty and conviction maybe i should say instead it looks like the trends would be that housing prices will soften they may decline some in some markets but it would be very unlikely for us to have a collapse in home prices that would be the uh, actually that's how i say it on television (laughs) there's a different kind of role i play as a tv reporter than i do in the podcast and so i was just basically parroting what i said about this on tv two weeks ago Let's see. This is from someone who signed it, Elmer Fudd. Okay. (laughs) Clark needs to stop advising people to thaw their credit once frozen to reapply for new credit. Most people have enough credit already and shouldn't fall for the next flashy credit card ad thrown at them. Okay. So, Elmer, (laughs) (laughs) this is weird because yesterday my wife thawed her credit to apply for a new card to replace one that she had that was a good rewards card that the rewards have been degraded, it was a hopscotch. She'll leave that old one open, but she's going to do her charging on this new card and not the old one. So there are legitimate reasons that someone might rotate to a different credit card that would require thawing. But you are also right that Americans are kind of awash in credit limits. Your advice to a listener to skip the international driver's license if they were not sure it was required was stinky and lacked sense. You stated that officials never asked for it anyway. I've driven in two foreign countries and one of them asked for it at the rental desk. Can you imagine the scramble when you go to pick up your car and are denied when asked for the license? What happens if you get past the desk and then get into an accident or pulled over for speeding? Tim. Tim, thank you for that. And... It's probably me being lazy, intellectually lazy, and personally lazy about the international driver's license because I've rented a car and driven in, gosh, more than, well, more than uh, 30 countries. And I've never been asked for an international driver's license, even when it said that you were supposed to have one. So that's me, based on experience, being what could turn out to be careless if I got somewhere and they say, no car for you because you don't have an international driver's license. So it's 
cheap to have one. I guess you could look at it as a miniature travel insurance policy. Clark, your advice has brought me from a credit score in the low 600s during my college years to the 820s over the last eight years since graduating. I can't thank you enough, but I've been paying the minimum on my federal student loans and in the income-based repayment plan with the goal of having my loans forgiven in the PSLF program. Usually your tip bits on the student loan updates are super helpful, but the one you did most recently confused the heck out of me and left me more confused than when I started the episode. Would you mind readdressing the issue and covering the ins and outs of the specifics of what's going on with student loans? Sincerely, the guy who consolidated his federal student loans three years ago into being the income-based repayment plan and seemingly still lost out on those 36 monthly payments. So the reason it's so confusing is because it is. And the Biden administration is still trying to noodle what they're going to do about uh, student loans, the balances. As I shared recently, I am opposed to blanket forgiveness of student loans. But people that are doing public service work, police officers, firefighters, teachers, other public service jobs... We made a promise to you, uh, we collectively, the American people, through our representatives in Congress, passed overwhelmingly on a bipartisan basis in 2007, I think was the year, that if you paid your loans as agreed on this income-based scale, that after 10 years of on-time payments, the loans would be forgiven, and we reneged on that promise, essentially. And now the Department of Education has a number of procedures where you can get credit for months that you were not credited for. So you have to slog your way through a very confusing process. The reason you were more confused than when I opened my mouth about it last time is because it is so situational and individualized. So you need to get on the Education Department website, ed.gov, get to the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Briefings, and see which of the petitions you should file for retroactive forgiveness of months' payments from in the past. And this is going to be a new part-time job for you navigating the loan forgiveness thing because it has been so ad hoc and so messed up. You talked about the current bank account only allowing $2,000 worth of deposits paying 4%. They've recently removed their fee, so now all three savings pods can then earn 4% with no fees. How long this will last is questionable, but the account is now free. Thanks for all you do, Pete. Pete, thank you for the update. So you, the, your first $6,000 can earn 4% interest. Uh, The good news, the good news of all the bad with inflation and higher loan rates, interest rates on loans, is that uh, it's a trailing indicator, but savings rates will ultimately rise. But first, with online lenders and fintechs and credit unions, the traditional big banks, the ones that have those branches, they never have anybody at them anymore. Those are going to be the last to push up their interest rates. So we are going to see a gradual improvement in what you can earn on your savings. 
Clark talked about baby formulas, and he recommended new moms take their Costco or Sam's Club formula to the L&D, labor and delivery, to start their babies on it instead of the commercial brands offered by hospitals. I'm a pediatrician, and I agree with baby formulas being roughly the same regardless of brand. We support breastfeeding above all, but if it comes to formula, we don't have a particular brand to recommend. Although hospital policies generally do not allow for you to bring formula in or medications due to safety reasons and liability to the hospital. A baby could be started on a brand and then switch to another without much problems most of the time. So Clark, you don't stink. You probably don't deliver babies very often. And we understand Lillian. (laughs) Okay. So as we talked about on a recent podcast of all professions that you would never want me to have ever decided to be, would be doctor. I would be the worst doctor ever. I appreciate you writing in about the reason I made that suggestion is because a lot of parents, particularly of a first child, are so risk averse that if the hospital gave this formula, they're afraid to ever switch. So that's why I made the suggestion of bringing your own. I appreciate what you're saying that the hospital would not like that. Long-time listener, and thank you for all your great advice, but you're really stinking with Zell. Enough of bashing this choice. It seems like you will have a heart attack for something that you don't even use, and that for some of us, it's the only way to send money to relatives overseas that do not have access to regular banking for currency exchange. I've been using it for over two years with Navy Federal and USAA, so not only Monster Mega Banks offer this. The product has potential flaws, but as in the past with credit cards, it will be improved. We love you Clark I tortured my kids listening to you when they were younger and now I see very responsible young adults managing money Carlos Carlos I'm so glad that you have been able to avoid a lot of the foreign currency exchange fees by using Zelle I'd be more comfortable if you switch to using cash app or Venmo as the way to send the money because of the unusual architecture of Zelle that creates vulnerability for you with somebody getting into your bank account and grabbing serious money from you. The other thing I like is that if you really need to use something like Zelle, set it up with an account at another institution other than Navy Federal or USAA where you have just a small account that only has the money in it that you intend to send to your relatives overseas so that you don't put the money you really need at risk, which is such an ever-present danger with Zelle. Clark doesn't stink, but does he know that some car insurance companies will reimburse you for lost, stolen, or broken key fobs? My mom had hers replaced, and our insurance company would do the same. Two different companies. Melissa. Melissa, um, man, I never would have considered that. I just wouldn't want it to count as a claim what they call an at-fault claim, on your uh, clue report for auto insurance because that could ultimately make it difficult for you to get a deal switching to another insurer or to be able to qualify for the lowest rates with who you're with. This is the same issue with using roadside assistance or towing from your auto insurance policy is that some insurers treat it as a claim And that goes into the industry database. As long as your insurers, the two you talked about, they don't do that, then that's a great suggestion I have not heard before. And I want to mention, I don't know if we mentioned on the podcast, but I've now had two people mention to me 
uh, to, again, that I never talk about how a lot of Sam's Clubs have a roadshow thing where they'll make key fobs for you at a fraction of the cost of what you'd pay at the car dealer for a key fob, and they can make most of them. And it's a it's a van with a tent set up in the parking lot of the Sam's Club. It's actually legit. It's not okay. it's not some UFO van that shows up in the parking okay. lot. It's a sanctioned thing where it is a Sam's Club roadshow service that shows up. I don't know if you can see at Sam's.com when there's one near you at a Sam's Club. But that's another way to save money on those key fobs. And I want to thank you for uh, your feedback to me, your suggestions on improving, your unhappiness with me. All of it is so important, and it's all part of us doing the best job serving you each and every day as I learn from you. And speaking of something that's great, great news There's never been anything like this summer for teens looking for a job. We're going to talk about that. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I think about the years during the Great Recession where forget what it was like for adults to find jobs. For years during the Great Recession, a teenager trying to find summer work There just wasn't any. I mean, it was unbelievable how bad the job market was. Fast forward to today, we have statistically pretty much recovered all the jobs back to February of 20 after we had this massive, massive wave of unemployment in the spring of 20. We've come back like walking upstairs so it went down like going off a cliff but has come back like a staircase and now we're back pretty much to where we were labor force participation though something that economists are all about still isn't back to where it was meaning uh people in key working years the percent working is still a smaller percent than it was if you go back to February of 20, but most of the way that's back too. So employers still at a point where the number of people working is back to where it was before statistical dead heat of where it was before. The economy is quite a bit larger than it was then. And so there are a zillion jobs. That is, I mean, look at that in any economic textbook. They talk about jobs in the zillions. There are a zillion unfilled jobs and teenagers are making the most money that they have ever been able to make at summer jobs. And so as a teen, don't tell your parents, I can't find a job. There's no jobs available. I mean, there are places that are so desperate for workers 
that there are reports that somebody goes in for an interview and they say, okay, can you start right now? Like when? Like right this minute. Come on back. We'll start training you right now. So for the teen in your life, being able to earn money this summer is the easiest it's ever been. And the pay rates, I, I doesn't it feel like it was a million years ago that there were all these arguments about minimum wage? The minimum wage, gosh, I'm trying to remember, is it seven and a quarter an hour is the federal minimum wage? I think that's right. Um, anyway, today you go into places and you see not advertising like restaurants, seven, and, seven and a quarter and a is quarter. right, is not talking about what food special they have or anything like that or what margarita they have tonight from five to seven. Everything's about we're hiring this pay rate for this, this, and this. Krista, one of your places that you frequent, all the time. I went to Taco Bell the other day. <laughs> I do not. When's the last century you were in a Taco Bell? Never? I went one time and it was with you. Oh. That's the only time I've ever been there. Well, I didn't get to go to Taco Bell that day either. Why? Nobody came to work. Oh, man. It was uh, it was one that's open, you know, open late, all that. <laughs> it was not open. Mm. <laughs> so I walk over to the door door wouldn't open and then I was like well maybe they're drive-through only and this guy rolled down his window and said they're just not open nobody came and they had this huge sign looking for workers and what do you think they were offering as minimum starting wage 15 it was 12 12 okay which is why probably right now they had nobody who was coming to work Mm -hmm. at 12 because there are a lot of fast foods around the country starting people now. I mean, I don't know how the fast food operators are able to make a go of this because they're having to offer 16 or $18 an hour, no experience. I mean, that's a huge change in the marketplace. So teens get out there. The jobs are out there, but also Got to talk about some simple decorum because I keep hearing this complaint from people who own their own businesses that they'll hire people and then they ghost them. They don't show up for the first day of work, no call, nothing. That is not okay. That's not the way for you to behave. I don't care if an adult does it, a kid does it, whatever. If you accept a job, and then you get a better offer somewhere else, please have the courtesy to call the business that you accepted a job from that you're not now going to show up for and tell them, thank you so much for your offer. I'm actually going to go work somewhere else. I don't think any of your podcast listeners would do that. I really don't, but... Well, I'm really talking to them about the conversation yes, they have, have with their, their kids, kids and stuff. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so this summer, uh, my son is uh, going to be in a flight school. So he's going to only be able to work very part time. And we've been having 
conversations about what kind of work you can do that you can fit around your flight instruction. And we're still trying to figure that out. That's so cool that he's doing that. Well, I mean, he wants to go to college. People that are pilots will know what this is. He wants to go to a 141 program. And today, when you go into a 141, this is very inside baseball just for people in the industry, you have to have your PPL, your private pilot's license, before these schools want to take you. So he's got to get that done. That's awesome. All right, we'll go to some questions, and this one is very relevant. Addison in West Virginia says, what is the best, most efficient way to earn money as a child? I am a child. No, seriously, I'm 11, but I love your podcast. So Addison, the first thing you do is you get a fake ID that says you're 15, (laughs) so you can go work in a regular job. No. Nope. (laughs) No. He really is kidding. I am kidding, Addison. I don't want you to do that. But I love that you have the work ethic you have, and there's a lot of work you can do in your neighborhood. Just do up a simple flyer saying that you can do whatever it is, yard work, babysitting, what, uh, pick up people's mail while they're out of town walk for them. Walk their dogs. Walk their, their dogs. Feed their cats. Change the litter. Whatever it is, there are so many people who need that kind of help around the house, in their yard, whatever, that there's real opportunity for you at 11. And because you listen to this podcast, you already know I want you to save that money And I want you to get it into a Roth IRA where it can grow tax-free the next 50-plus years, and you'll be able to spend it tax-free, and it'll be huge money way down the road. I would also recommend that if one of your parents is on next the app Nextdoor or in a local Facebook neighborhood group, that they post your flyer on there as well. So I've seen a lot of people get work that way. Great suggestion. Alex in California says, hi, Clark. I'm looking to move with my family to a different part of the state. We currently own a home, but would like to keep it and rent it out. Are there benefits for creating an LLC for a rental property? There are benefits to you doing the LLC. The purpose of doing an LLC on a rental property is that only the rental property is at risk. None of your other assets or at risk if something bad happens at that property. So people do this one of two ways. They either buy a very large liability insurance policy, known as an umbrella policy, to protect against unexpected events that you're held liable for, could be any phase of your life, or they go through the LLC process. Now, you need to own the home You say you own the home, but you have to own it free and clear for the ability to establish the LLC typically. So it can't be encumbered by a mortgage. But an LLC is a very common thing, and there are a lot of um, real estate lawyers who do these just by rote, just bam, bam, bam. They can spit these out for people with rental properties. And from Jason in New Mexico, I want to help my dad who is retired and financially strained by paying for his house. I have the blessing of the means to pay it off. My worry is he makes poor financial decisions. He's okay with moving it into my name. My question is, what is the best route to do this with taxes? So Jason, you obviously have the best of intentions here to protect your dad. There are tax benefits 
to if he ultimately would like you to own the home, there are tax benefits to it passing to you at time of his passing. But in this case, you've got bigger concerns about what could go wrong and your dad would like for you to take this responsibility from him. So you want to ditto the prior thing. You want to go see a real estate attorney who will be able to suggest for you the proper ways to do this that would be fair to your dad, fair to you, and cause the least amount of tax issues for you. The tax issues are really for you, not for him. But what you said about your dad, another thing you could do is see an elder law attorney and talk through all the issues you face with your dad aging and his difficulty making proper financial decisions or good financial decisions. It is a subspecialty of the law, elder law, and elder law attorneys deal with real estate transfer issues constantly. And so that would be a wider way to look at it. So you could look at this from the very narrow perspective of seeing a real estate attorney and just deal with that as a transactional thing with the property. Or you could go much wider at higher cost and meet with an elder law attorney. And in New Mexico, you'd find several of these in Albuquerque. You'd find very few as you move in, in Santa Fe. You'd find very few elder law attorneys as you go elsewhere in the state of New Mexico because it is a pretty specialized area. But to deal with the overall future of your dad and his financial well-being, seeing an elder law attorney might be the better idea. And as always, I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope if you find it really helpful and informative that you'll share it with a friend and the relatives that you love. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.